0: Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 416, Long Island Tabletop Board Game Convention Expo 2023. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, everyone, we are back and we are live at the Long Island Tabletop gaming expo 2023 we were having a great time we're sharing the table with our friends anthony how you doing my friend
1: i'm amazing this is great this is uh we i mean if you've listened to this show for any amount of time uh you know that we've we've never done this well no no we have done this once we live. have done this once live. we did this two- <laughs> and, and never again for <laughs> yeah. some particular reason which we yeah, can't yeah. state out loud it's, it's up there you can go listen to it it's a it's a trip um it's because of legal, we can't talk yeah, about that yeah. so it's been about 400 episodes since we've done this live <laughs> But it's been a blast. We've been here for a couple days. Uh, Yesterday we had an opportunity to kind of, we ran a couple panels. Yes. So we were talking about, you know, board games in higher education, board game academics, which we talked to all of you about a few times. Um, And today we get to do the full podcast.
0: Absolutely. So. awesome. Yeah, no, it's been a great time. We've had some great audiences. And again, talking about Practical applications of tabletop gaming and all the great things they can do for students. It's been a lot of fun. And then the great presentation that we did in partnership with Guardians Mental Health and with our friends from Geek Therapeutics talking about, again, all the great things tabletop games can do for those that are in need, building communities, building oneself, and just building a little bit of a better world. Yeah. And Will was there. Will was there. Hey, Will. Hey, he's he's (laughs) out there. (laughs) He's here now, too. (laughs) Will I do pr- two presentations back to back? So we're gonna we're gonna rest his his uh, voice for a moment. Yeah, yeah, he gets a break today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that said, let's get on to the episode. So again, we are talking about having a spectacular time. Our first time at the Long Island Tabletop Gaming Expo, and it has been so incredibly just powerful as far as all the people that have been here so we wanted to give you the opportunity to meet some of the people have been here and the people who've run this great show and the charity organizations that are doing so many great things to help board gaming and people in need. So with that said, we're going to jump over to one of our friends who you've heard previously before, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hello. How are you? We're doing great, Dave. We're so
2: glad to have you here. I mean, we talked about this for such a long time, and now we're here in person. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast uh, previously. And I'm just like so excited that you guys are here uh, to check everything out. And uh, next year's even going to be bigger Whoa. and better. And uh, the board game room was rocking. So, uh, and And so we're just, uh, so hopefully I'll get a chance to play a game with you guys at some point. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) But you had what? Yes, about 250 plus games played? We ran around 250 games. Now, uh, about 50 of them were Crokinole, uh, which is an (laughs) absolute, uh, you know, hot hot game right now it is uh, It has always been really but the brooklyn crokinole club has been here and they uh they are running games left and right all day long and then we have a museum where actually about 25 of those games were people playing uh games like uh stay alive and senate Ooh. and uh the the herb board game from babylon and chess and we have a go we have a uh, we have a Uh, student here an exchange student from Japan and he has been teaching go (laughs) like every (laughs) 20 minutes he gets somebody else to teach go it's crazy so
0: no it's been it's been a wonderful experience and again thank you for sharing all your expertise and again mentioning Crokinole there's only certain games that really get played at conventions because they are that vast or that expensive so a, a big shout out and appreciation to the Broken Oak, uh, Crokinole group. Cause again, I don't think we would be able to play those without them. So.
2: Yeah. You know, like, uh, we talk a lot about gateway games and I, I told my staff, I said, if somebody comes up to the table and says, what are these games? I don't know anything about them. I said, send them the Crokinole. <laughs> you know? you got to start them somewhere, right? Yeah. Now it's been a great time, and Chip Theory Games was here. Chip Theory Games is here. Chris, one of the representatives, uh, he's been with me at multiple conventions, and every single one of his game uh, games ran this convention. Just like most conventions, Chip Theory Games has great production value, and if you've never checked them out, you should at least try one of them.
0: Absolutely, been fantastic throughout the years, and we're so glad that they're here sharing their games. Yeah. All right. With that said, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to get back and teach another 250 games. That's right. (laughs) I don't teach them all. I do have a a team, but I did teach about 25 games. And again, we want to thank all the volunteers, the staff here, Courtney, especially, who's organized this event, Joel and the incredible crew, Brian and everybody here. Joe, I mean, there's so many people. Thanks again. This is we've been to so many conventions, and this has just been outrageous, and we really enjoyed our time here.
2: I think with all of uh, the panels and the guests that you bring, like the mental health uh, panel and everything like that, I think it's been a great addition to our convention. Yeah. And I can't wait to uh, have you next year too.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Dave. Take care. All right. With that said, um, we've been talking about this a while. We do charity events every year. We support nonprofit organizations. Tabletop gaming brings and creates communities and those communities and those organizations that do it best, we always try to bring them on, bring attention to their cause. And this year we are working directly with Guardian Mental Health, and we have our friend Matt here. Hey, Matt. Hi, how's everybody doing? Good, Matt. So tell us a little bit about Guardians Mental Health and what you all do, and maybe a little bit about yourself as a gamer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Guardians Mental Health is a uh, 501c3
3: nonprofit that was born out of the tabletop video game pop culture world with a primary goal of spreading and promoting positive mental health resources. Um, One of the ways that we do that in particular, we have more of a internet presence than I think a physical one at this point. But obviously, as we attend conventions just like this, we're looking to increase that. Um, We have a wide array of resources available. We have various programs for both um, streamers who stream, whether it's tabletop or video games, um, as well as just those who enjoy playing games. Um, The other way that we do that is actually through our mental health kit, which is what we have here um, at the convention and most conventions that we attend, which is a combination of that printed uh, and physical sensory items with the primary goal to talk about and reduce the stigma of mental health treatment uh, but also teach in a sense ways to address minor anxiety symptoms uh, talk about self-care what I will say is and this is the disclaimer I always give: we're not the replacement for therapy by any stretch but more so supplemental and tools to use in your own treatment if you are in or need I should say absolutely and and again
0: wonderful organization Uh, the presentation on gaming Across the spectrum, we had Joseph join us. Yeah, here. yeah. And we are going to make that presentation available for everybody because we want to let people know all the great work that you're doing. Awesome. Yes. I again apologize. I couldn't
3: be there. I was at a Rangers game, and I say that out loud, <laughs> knowing that I'm in Long Island. So I apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, they win, and I'm not a Devils fan. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, but no, and uh, Joe is our as our CEO, uh, who founded the organization. I should say. Um, and yeah, I heard he, you know, everything was really great yesterday and I'm glad it's going to be available. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're really,
0: and, and Matt, we need to have you back on. As, yes. So we can have you on as a guest for the whole episode. Absolutely. Because there's so much game stuff to talk about. So many great animes, video games, board games. Yeah.
3: Offline. We've had a very good conversations about anime and I think we need to explore <laughs> that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely. So again, there's going to be some really great content coming up again, Matt. Thank you. And your organization, Joseph, especially for the tremendous effort he made to be here and to. Let everybody know that there is hope there are people out there as a community absolutely. and you are not alone and i think that's your message that is all. absolutely all thank right. you so thank stick you. with us matt for a little bit longer yeah we, we're, again we're really just blown away again that we get to meet so many wonderful people at these conventions and one of the great people that we got to meet is chris from board games for the better chris hi
4: um so yeah so my name's chris uh We started this organization, Board Games for the Better, uh, last year in February. Yes. Uh, Since then, we've given out over 600 games to kids in foster care, uh, families dealing with housing insecurity, domestic violence, uh, and even people who have lost their homes in wildfires out in the West Coast. Wow. Um, So what we're trying to do is give games to communities that we think can benefit from that uh, mental and social engagement. Sure. we did uh, holiday events last year where we met with foster kids that were able to pick up as uh, three games apiece uh, and they take them to their homes. We've seen a lot of organizations that when we give games to them, they hold on to the games themselves. So when kids move from house to house, they don't have something like that to take with them. So we gave them games during like a back to school event that were theirs to keep and bring to them regardless of where they were going um and they were really excited uh they got whole new school supplies and they were able to bring those new games with them to those homes wonderful um we've also been helping out uh, a lot of um oh geez what what are the organizations (laughs) uh we're helping children's aid uh they were using these games to help with children that were going back to their biological parents. Sure. Uh, They were having them monitor and play these games and then using those findings in court to see if they can go back to their parents. Yes. Uh, So it was just really cool seeing how these games were able to be used in ways that we didn't expect. Uh, And they're using these games to fit their needs. And it's it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, We're really hoping that... Uh, We kind of expand this in this year. We want to get to people who are in elder care. Yes. Uh, They are in dire need of like entertainment whenever they're there for their long stays. Uh, We want to try to bring these game days to them with volunteers so we can kind of have that engagement with them at least like once a month if we can do that. Excellent. Um, Yeah. So it's been been awesome.
0: And you've had some really good relationships, a lot of board game companies supporting you, and a lot of great raffles. I know you had Frosthaven that just went. Yes. And again... (laughs) Great games, great people. Support them. They're on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Best place to probably find you out there. Yeah, Anywhere so, else?
4: So you can find us on Patreon. Um, if you search for our link tree as well, uh, you can find us there. Uh, we have a PayPal link to people who can donate to as well. We also do take uh, new and used games that people want to donate that they want to cycle out of their collection. Sure. We'll rehome them to families that aren't able to afford them themselves. Uh, so we can kind of spread that around because people are always buying more games. We want to Wait a games. minute! I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nobody here. Uh, so yeah, so people uh,
4: at PAX Unplugged actually, we went to the math trade there, and there were a bunch of games that they weren't able to trade off there sure. that they donated to us, and Wonderful. we ended up filling up two cars worth of games that we brought back that we've been donating out. Excellent. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and we had what, deepwater games donated uh like over 80 games at pax uh, Great we people. got frost Haven when we were there chip theory games gave us burn cycle Ooh. and they actually gave us a copy of too many bones today to raffle up. nice uh so those are the two big prizes we have for for today um and exploding kittens has given us a lot of games of uh cat and mouth exploding kittens um uh, mantis their new mm-hmm. game yeah no it's been awesome we've seen a lot of support from different organizations and different board game companies
0: thank you great mm-hmm. well thank you all for your work we really appreciate that mm-hmm. all right so let's get on to the episode everyone but before we do uh just a shout out to our audio visual engineer brian brian funk who who runs on podcast and again if you are big into music you should be listening to his podcast music production podcast is on anywhere that you find podcasts so definitely check it out because the great sound that you're hearing today in a challenging situations, all thanks to Brian. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, for thanks, everybody. All right, Anthony. So what's up next?
1: All right. So this time of the show is when we look at, like, okay, that's us. Um, I know <laughs> us. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're the people who do this thing. Yes. Yeah, so Anonymously, though.
1: Yes, yeah, so everybody at home. I will do my best not to just reference the slides without saying what I'm looking at. But we have slides for the people in the audience. So. Yes. Um, Anyways, we do the question of the week. We ask everybody on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on our Patreon, on our Discord, um, a question. We do some questions. Sometimes I ask two questions just to because I have more ideas. Jeez,
0: Um, pushy people.
1: Yeah, and so then they answer them, and we read off the best and most interesting answers on the show. Yes, and discuss what we would do. It's true
0: because our listeners are very smart people, smarter than us. Almost always. Yes, yeah. truly.
1: <laughs> uh, so this time around, and this came out of the conversation we were having a couple weeks ago about Through the Ages uh, when we did our bracket, because it lost in the bracket. Because specifically, I would, I think, and I quote, I'd prefer to play the digital implementation.
5: Ooh. Right?
1: <laughs> it's too long at the table, um, and some people gave us grief. So I asked everybody well, what games would you prefer to play sure. a digital implementation of, um, whether for speed of play, aesthetics, something else entirely. Yes, And, you know, some people even said Through the Ages. So, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's not just me. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of good answers. Uh, Martin reached out. He said Carcassonne and Cottage Garden are my go-to digital plays. I can play them on my phone, knock them out pretty quick, especially with polyomino board games that require sorting and our table hogs. Quick setup. All right. Yep. So I think quick setup is probably the most common one, people say. Um, Drew mentions Through the Ages because through the ages. Well, yep. we're friends like that. Uh, he also mentions Praga Caput Regni. Ooh. It's very nice to play online, which I didn't even know was online until I got his comment. And then I was like, oh, now I need to go play that. It's great. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Um, Robert mentions Hanabi because it's much easier to avoid seeing your own other people's cards. That's true. Yeah.
0: You don't give away the little expressions and things.
1: Yeah. You can't cheat as much.
0: So <laughs> As much. Yeah. Sure.
1: And you know what? You are cheating. Okay. If you say you're not cheating, you're cheating. You're pulling 25s. The
0: so there's something wrong there. Yeah.
1: Um, Castles of Burgundy. Love the mechanics and can easily get a 30 minute game in before leaving for work. Absolutely. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, Tim mentions can't stop. So, such a simple and quick game is so much quicker and simpler on an app. Love to quickly tack on a game of the BG imp- BGA implementation at the end of a larger gaming session. Nice. Um, and then uh, our friend Ryan mentions both Board Game Arena and Yukata and Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia. Ooh. So he's just
0: everywhere. He had everything. Um, he wins.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> And then says all that and says, I don't actually think I prefer any game digitally over physical play. It's like, okay, Ryan. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's funny. Like sometimes I'll go through a streak with a game and I'll, I'll really get into it online and then just completely burn myself out and. Not played online for years. Sure, uh, Through the Ages is the only one I consistently come back to. I think and play online every couple weeks because I really enjoy it. I know I'm not going to play at the table, uh, and it just the app is so so good. Uh, if I go into board game arena, it really depends on who I'm playing with, if anybody. Sure, but you know, it, maybe the quicker games that I, you know, that you can play in five ten minutes on there, Seven Wonders on board game arena is amazing because you can always find a table and sure. plays really fast and it's a fun game um that i don't actually play at the table very often
0: yeah it's hard i mean i think the online implementations work for two reasons one like you mentioned earlier you can actually get it to the table yeah. there are a lot of games that have a lot of pieces a lot of moving parts and having the computer ai actually do all that stuff is infinitely helpful So that makes life a lot easier if you're playing Caverna or Agricola or any of those gigantic games at the table, especially you mentioned about Through the Ages. And then the other side, too, is games themselves that just are better in the digital version. So one of the games I play a lot in person is Wingspan. But if you play Wingspan on Steam, you get nature sounds you get bird sounds when you play the cards you get animations and stuff like that so it's kind of next level you're like oh and there's very it's a it's a rare situation where an online digital implementation is actually better than the physical version of it and again wingspan alone on the table is great but bird sounds it Bird sounds Ambiance, man. <laughs> man. Yeah.
1: It can work. It does. Sometimes work. it works in reverse, though. Like, you get a game like Terraforming Mars, where. Oh, that's the worst. They went for pure ambiance, but then you can't actually see any of your cards.
0: But you get, like, really creepy syntho music in the background. That's for true. Some reason. <laughs> space, man. Space, space, music. Space is creepy. In space, no one could hear you play really 80s digital tunes in the background, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, that's everything for our question of the week. Uh, typically, this week, we usually get through the acquisition disorders where we. Talk about the games that obviously we want to get to the table, but since we've been playing so many games at the table, it's really hard to talk about at the moment. So let's skip the acquisition disorder this week, Anthony. Let's get right on to the games that have been hitting the table, the the at-the-tables. We'll let people know if those games are a buy and they should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play and they should sit down and play them. If those games are a dodge and they should avoid them. Or if those games are the dreaded burn and, you know, seriously, just no reason to play those man just saying. yeah
1: yeah i love how we say that every week though like for everybody here we say that every week we don't we don't burn anything uh, it's been a long
0: time uh, there was that one time i
1: think we need to go find one just to do it <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like trademark we have to protect it you got to keep it so. operational want to say a burn is a thing we got to use it true true um, true so anyways i guess that's a spoiler we like the games we play this week oh there you go um, <laughs> so uh first up i'm gonna talk about acropolis this is a game from uh Gigamic Games, designed by Jules Masseau. And it's a relatively light tile placement drafting game sure. um, that we played a couple weeks ago. Uh, it, you have a tableau you're going to build in front of yourself. And it, like, when I first played it, uh, I what did I compare it to? Number nine? Yeah. Right? Like the stacking? Yes. So you, you're you going to start with like some stuff in the middle, like a starting space, and then you're going to draft tiles from a... A market, right? Yes. So each turn you're going to draft one, and then if occasionally you get to draft a second one, depending on who goes first. Sure. Um, and you're going to place those, you just slot them into your space, right? It's pretty basic tiling rules. It just needs to be next to another tile in some capacity, right? It can't hang off the edge of anything. That's basically it. Um, but on each tile, you have a bunch of different types of buildings, right? And so it's it's like ancient Greek themed. So it's like a Civ builder type of thing. Um, But honestly, it's just you're looking at the colors mostly. Yes. I felt like. So you have parks, you have like temples, and there's residences and like commercial buildings, the usuals, right? Which are the usual colors that you'd expect on top of everything else. But each of those things scores in a different way. So, similar to like a Cascadia or any of those other games, like as you lay the things out, how they're going to score will depend on the type of building.
0: Yeah. And it's got that visual look of like suburbia right where you have the different the yellow buildings are always the industry yeah, buildings yeah. and the, the white buildings and stuff like that
1: yeah they've color coded it in the way that we all know from city builders like if it's yellow you know it's about money and if it's <laughs> green you know it's about parks or something there you if go it's blue it's commercial and if it's red people live there um so that's all pretty straightforward you lay everything out and then the interesting part is right the scoring for each type of building is different right so like the parks for example you want to have those spread out Um, the residences you want to have together, so you score your biggest section where they're together, the red buildings, you want to be on the edge of the city, those are the garrisons, I think. Sure. Um, the temples you want to have completely surrounded, the purple ones. And so each one will score individually based on if you've met the criteria. So if it's not surrounded, that building doesn't score. Pretty simple. Um, and then you multiply it by this special, I don't remember what it's called, like a little star thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a little star thing. (laughs) Um, for each of those colors you multiply it by the number of stars in the tableau so if you have like four blue stars and you have your larger section is six 24 points
0: it's very abstract yeah it's an abstract game yeah
1: um but then you have verticality to it where you can then stack things up a little bit
0: Ooh, like upwards
1: yeah so you at any point you could place a tile on top of other tiles and kind of build them up and when you cover the rubble you get these stone tokens that you can then use to purchase the tiles from the market right uh, so tiles that are not at the front of the market cost stone. And the things that are higher up, like number nine, are worth more points. Sure. So that blue tile that was on the first level, now it's on the third level, it's worth three points instead of the one point it was on the first level. So, and because you're multiplying, if you have three blue stars, that tile is now worth nine points. Um, so it's, again, like like you said, Chris, it's a very abstract game, but you're, It's very tactile at the same time and because it's taking those visual cues from games like suburbia it's familiar right it's not so abstracted that you're like all right i'm gonna do the green and the blue and you know you actually can remember like these are the parks and this is the residences and the way they score is thematic on top of everything else and it plays really nice and quickly and the draft is very smooth and engaging it plays two to four players but we played primarily at two um i really liked it a lot i think it is quick it's accessible It does nothing new, literally nothing new. Absolutely not. (laughs) It's everything in this game is stuff you have seen before um, from all the games we just mentioned. Sure, but it does it all pretty well, right? It doesn't need to be this theme; it could be anything. Could just be (laughs) you're stacking rocks; it could be fine. But this theme works, and I'm okay with it. Um, So yeah, I give this one a buy. I think it's it's a solid little. I'm I'm gonna keep it. Um, The box is a little big, but it's It's, how many tiles are I guess. Sure, but yeah, I had a blast with it.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. I generally don't like abstract games. I I think they're just too distant from like a thematic point of view where you're not really playing out. So a city building game should feel like city building. Mm-hmm. This one you're playing tiles that have different colored areas on it. And then you're, as you mentioned, like you're building out a tableau, but you're also stacking at the same time. And then at the end of the game, they do a thing as far as scoring is concerned. That being said, it there's something charming and sleek to the game because at no time do you feel encumbered by anything. You, you can always take a tile. A tile always does a thing. You will score some points. It's just always a matter of what scores the best. And again, I have a little feel for suburbia as building this up. It could have been any place, yeah. but it looks good. There's no thematic kind of play to it. You would No identifying factors, so to speak. But again, I like it. I'm going to give it a play. I think it's something that I, I was surprised. I enjoyed it. And I definitely would play it again.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like these, I feel like we always end up with the same reviews on these, like Cascadia or Calico <laughs> or any of those. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, it's an amazing puzzle. I love it. And you're like, yeah, it's all right.
4: It's, it's, good. it's, it's a I puzzle. Like, I had fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it
1: tells tells you what you need to know about well, it. Well, I think it's, it's
0: a games. high review for me because I don't like the abstract stuff. Oh, yeah. And I, and I really enjoyed this. Even, yeah, yeah. You sit down and play it. So, yeah. I was, su-
1: I was surprised how much you liked it. I was like, oh, good. I was like, yeah, I know, this is great. <laughs> I'm
0: glad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... I have an interesting game for you all. So it's Marrakesh by Stefan Feld, uh, the famous Stefan Feld, who you will hear us talk about pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, but I, I need to kind of preface this whole conversation with the fact that if anyone out there is a Stefan Feld fan or if you've purchased any number of, of their games, you're probably pretty much aware that there was this huge Kickstarter situation where Stefan Feld took his original games – changed the theme to cities and then created some individual unique games on its own to kind of stick into the pack. Marrakesh was the one that was a unique original game that he had not published before. It was also the biggest, most expensive game as part of his city collection. You could have bought it on Kickstarter 2. I did four. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but I did four <laughs> and you could buy them in advance. They came rather late. They were at all the conventions and they were available for sale There was a lot of problems and issues. They recently ran a second Kickstarter with another two games, which I did not back because it seems like, for whatever reason, they were having problems with their production. So they brought down the production level of the games but kept the price. Yeah. Not a fan of that.
1: (laughs) No. I wasn't even a fan of the price in the second campaign. So kudos kudos to you, man.
0: Well, someone's got to do it. And and again, (laughs) Stefan Feld, if you don't know him, he's kind of like the king of the point salad games. And if you're not familiar with that kind of concept... It's basically all about no matter what you do, you're going to score points. So, point salad. That's yeah. the thing.
1: I love point salad. It's it's funny because like my game group back in Pittsburgh, this was like, if you said something was point salad, that was the worst thing a game could do. Which is weird. And I would always be in the corner be like, yeah, but I like Stefan Feld. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Feld is a big thing, especially here. They used to have a, a Feldicon not yeah. too long ago. And you got to meet Stefan Feld.
1: I did. Yeah. No, it was at Gen Con in 2019. Yes. Yeah, the year before we couldn't go anymore. Um so uh no he was great he was really really nice yeah. and extremely tall. Yes. He's a taller very than tall you man. which is which is very tall. Significantly taller than me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did you show him the tattoo? The felt tattoo you got?
1: Oh man, you know I'm self-conscious oh, about that. All right.
0: <laughs> Nonetheless. All right, so let's talk about Marrakesh So Stefan felt here since these are point style games they're not significantly thematic as far as how they play, but they do offer a really interesting gameplay options. So this is a city-building game. So, what you're going to be doing in this game, in order to kind of like utilize the city in the best way possible, is you're one of these influential families that are activating different spots in the city to get resources and to gain special abilities. So, again, you got a really interesting dynamic part as far as a cube tower is concerned, and you got cubes. So, if you ever played Stefan Feld games before, there's cubes. They're colored. Here, they're cylinder shape. And basically, what you're going to do is you're going to drop them down a tower, and then the tower is supposed to catch some of those. Keyword: supposed to. <laughs> so, in order to kind of randomize what actions you can take. Now, those little cubes are keshis. They're they're citizens of Marrakesh. That's a made up word for the game. No such thing as keshis, but nonetheless, you're dropping cubes down a <laughs> down a a cardboard tower, and you're hoping that they'll actually stick. Um, There is ways to fix the tower to make that a little bit better. But generally, that's still been a problem with the game. But basically, you are playing three rounds. You have four different actions because you start the game with all different color Keshis. You're going to grab a handful of them, and then you're going to place out three assistants on the board in these different sections. So you have a main player board that has all the different areas, spots for the assistants and spots for the Keshis. You'll hold the the Keshis at hand. You'll show them everybody else. And that compile of keshis goes into the tower, gets mixed up, and in theory, yeah, in theory it gets some of them get held back. So that means later on you have different actions, which is
4: a great idea. It is a great if idea. It worked,
0: and it's very similar to Amerigo. Amerigo had the same kind of concept where the cubes came out depending on the number of cubes, you got more power.
1: Yeah, except it works there.
0: Yes. So now once you get those down to the bottom you pick one or two of a single color you add that to your tableau and then what you'll be able to do is put it on the different colored sections now different sections do different things but basically what it's doing is powering up those sections so when you have the assistants there and you activate them they do much much more than they could just with a single you know kashi on that spot
1: yeah yeah you you compared it a little bit to the Trajan, like the idea of like these little mini games. Yes. Like at any point in time, you're engaging like one little chunk of yeah. the so game.
0: Yeah. You, you got the square board, all different color sections. Every section does something different. 12 different color caches, all gonna activate. There's plantations, there's a mosque track, there's a palace track, uh, there's an entertainer track. There's just a whole bunch of tracks, rivers, madrasa track. And basically what you're trying to do is again, because it's a point out game, you're just trying to score the most points possible. Now, certain sections do things a little bit better. Collecting dates is important because dates are a resource. Money is a resource in the game. Water is a resource in the game. And basically trying to complete as many of those sections as possible gives you 10 points at the end of the game, which is good. But also if you go out to the Oasis, they're gonna give you special bonus scoring at the end of the game if you match their particular condition. So again, you're scoring points for everything. You need resources. Because at the end of each lap, each round, then you're going to have to pay off the people that you're working with. So there is kind of like that danger mechanic as far as trying to collect as much resources as possible. So if you enjoy cube towers that don't really work, Mm -hmm. but are very colorful, very dynamic, lots of opportunities to score lots of points, and a lot of tracks because it's a Feld game. Many tracks. Many, many tracks. So Marrakesh, I purchased this through the Kickstarter at an extraordinary rate. Yeah, he did. It came with the Deluxe <laughs> Edition, so you got a lot of fancy little pieces that come along with it. It is still a light buy for me. I, I still yeah. like the game enough to, to be happy that I purchased it because I think at the end of the day, it's easy enough to play that you could just be like, hey, pick a color, throw it in the tower, pick some stuff up, do a thing. You don't have to worry about complex strategies until stuff happens later.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't disagree with any of that. Um, It's an interesting game for a few reasons. I mean, I keep making fun of the tower. Yeah, it doesn't really work. And we talked at length at the table about why it doesn't work. Sure. It's probably just because they made these things cylinders instead of cubes. They did. They they roll. So, you know, we got it to work a few times, like trying different angles of where to drop it. I guess you could reconstruct it. (laughs) Someone will design a new one and 3D print it that's on true. Board game Geek and we'll all have a solution. That'll be great.
0: Well, we had a Jen and Martin were nice enough to kind of play along with that because yeah. <laughs> that's that's a challenging situation when you think that thing's going to happen and it doesn't really happen and that really alters how you're going to play the game. And that's how yeah. fun.
1: You know, the, the, the problem with it is if all the cubes come out, player order becomes a significant issue. Yes, like You're at a major disadvantage if you go third or fourth because you're getting fewer cubes for the first few rounds of the game. Sure. If it catches things, then it's random, and that's not really a bit as big of an issue. So it's like my biggest critique during the game was that because I was going fourth, But it's hard to say that's, I mean, it's a production problem. It's not a design problem. Yeah,
0: it's, and you came in second in the game. Yeah, no, it worked out in the yeah. end. It was just wasn't fun sure. for the first, like, 40 minutes. Um, so I think we do it as a caveat with this game is that they got to fix the tower.
1: they got to fix the tower, yeah. And they have a retail version they just announced where they edited it so it's gonna come in a standard size queen box oh i don't know how that's gonna work with the tower but it looks like the board the player boards are much smaller sure um and you have like these little cube tracks instead of like the big sprawling thing that you have for your little mini games um i liked all the mini game stuff i thought it was fun and interesting yes yeah the cube tower was a problem the game did run a little long um you take similar like some of his other games like castles of and you take like almost 50 turns in the game it's a lot you're playing with four people that's a long game um i don't care what the box says so it it's gonna go long unless you really really know it well and yeah it's a little fiddly because of all that yeah so it's it's a play for me like a lightish play sure. um i'd play it again i want to play it again especially yeah. if we can figure out that tower yes um so but it's it's not up there with like hit the best of the best from him for me
0: Ooh, hold on i can't tell that yet
1: well, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game. It's something you should definitely play. If you're thinking of buying it, I would wait a little bit to yeah. until they work out some of the structural issues. But it's a good game to add to the Feld collection.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or play. <laughs> all right. So that's everything for our At The Table. Now on to our feature review. So our feature review this week is going to be, shocker, Stefan Feld. We just talked about him. He does all the fun point salad games Euro games that are really dynamic, fun to play, good. I wouldn't say entry-level games, but games that you can certainly get to table with a lot of just, like, entry-level gamers. And we're going to do a really fun kind of list to put together. Uh, everyone here is going to be able to follow along, and we're going to rank these games.
1: Yeah, we've, we've done this before um, with Uwe Rosenberg's games. You can actually find that on YouTube if you're interested. Um, back when we... So we, we've run... Periodically over the years, we've run BGA Live, Yeah, uh, which is uh, our Twitch show. Aren't we of, BGA
0: Live in, right now?
1: We are, I guess we have. This is BGA <laughs> Live. We are BGA. This is live. Uh, but we did uh, Uwe Rosenberg Games. Um, and this was mid pandemic, so it was definitely not in front of an audience sure. of people. They were online. Um, but we use this making thing. You've probably seen these before on YouTube. And it's fun because we don't always agree. Especially that one. Oh boy. I don't know if we'll disagree as much on this one, but that one.
0: But we have a studio audience if they, we need to break some ties. That's true.
1: <laughs> um, but with the Rosenberg one, there's pretty significant disagreements at the top of that it, list. It's it's fine that you're wrong. It's no, fine. It's, I'm, I'm, we're both wrong is what we've established. <laughs> okay. If you go to the comments, everybody's like, you're both idiots. What are you doing? <laughs>
0: You take your ill and food and we can move on. Yeah, I
1: should freaking starve people to death. <laughs> no, we're talking about Feld games. Not, All right. Not, 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 not Agricola. Not, not Misery not a, Farming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, Stefan Feld's games. I did not put every single game on this that's list. That's way too many games. Yeah. So, I it is most of the games, but we, I want to make sure that, A, we played them. We did. Somebody on the list has played them. Um, and, B, some of those games have been out of print for so long or have been redone in some way that's just like, well, you can't find it, you can't play it, or if you can play it, it's this other thing now. Yeah. Um, I also only included one of the new City Edition games because... It's unique. It's unique. Yeah. It's the one we've played. Um, The other three are reimplementations of other games. Yes. Which are on this list. Now, that doesn't mean we won't like them differently because they may be different. They are. Slightly. But at this point, we have not played them. And as much as we know, they're the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) If you disagree, I don't know. Let us know. Um, so, yeah, this is our list. How do we want to start this? Well, let's do alphabetical. I think that fits. All right. So what do you have up first? All right. So oh, I did alphabetize something. You look did. Oh, look at that. You I, don't, did I don't think I did. I think the site did. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Amerigo. Oh. We're talking about Cube Towers. Hey, Cube Towers. I love yeah. Cube Towers. Yeah. It's not the first game with a Cube Tower, but it's the first Feld game with a Cube Tower. It is. Yeah. Um, we played this 10, almost 10 years ago. It's been a while. It was 10 years ago. Close wow. around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a game about exploration. Yes. Right? You're going out and you're kind of building the map as you go and yep. interacting with it. Um, I remember really enjoying this, but I got to admit, even though I own it, I haven't played it in a while. Ooh,
0: that's a mistake. Have you played it in a while? Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, I haven't played it. Yeah. I mean, Mergo's about the explorer exploring, you know, very kind of shaky kind of fingers exploring. Yeah, well. Yeah, air quotes there. Uh, so he's exploring, and you're adding tiles to build up all the different islands. And again, cube tower. So the cubes go in there, and when they come out, again, that's the power of the action, and you can pull those cubes to do special abilities. It's a fun mechanic. Yeah. And again, it's got a tower, and it's got a you know, multi-use, arrangeable kind of board, which is fun.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that tower
0: works. It does work.
1: I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... It's a good thing this is the only Cube Tower game. He said we can move on from that. Otherwise, I would be doing this the whole time. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it was a buy for me at the time. Yes. I own it. It's, it's a big box. I've purged my collection several times. I haven't gotten rid of it. Ooh. So I think it's still a buy. I wouldn't consider it essential, though.
0: It's certainly a buy. I, I think, especially, it, it almost moves to essential just based on the fact that the Cube Tower works. <laughs> Ten years later, the other one can't get it right. So, yeah. And I think... If for any other reason, because the historical theming of this game might be certainly definitely kind of problematic.
1: I really wish, like, when they sh- first showed Marrakesh with that tower, I'm yeah. like, oh, they're doing Amerigo. Yes. I'm like, no, it's a new game. I'm like, oh. Aw.
0: Like, do Amerigo. All right. Well, I think we agree that Amerigo, again, Cube Tower, absolutely fantastic at what it does mechanically. Definitely because of the mechanics, Amerigos, and uh, the buy column. All right. Uh, Aquasphere. Ooh, Aquasphere is really fun because it's Stefan Feld actually doing some sort of fantasy game, and you're underwater building an Aquasphere oh, yeah. that's exploring, and there's purple octopi in there that you're fighting off as they take over the Aquasphere. But to be fair, they were there first.
1: Yeah, his games are funny because most of the theming you are just like, sure... You, you made some mechanics, and someone's like, you need a theme, And <laughs> He's like, a theme? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you need a theme. He's like, I don't know. It's a city somewhere. Um,
0: it's This one is just underwater.
1: Yeah, we're exploring. It's Rome. I really like Rome. <sighs>
0: That's right. He's a big fan. Uh,
1: so, yeah, but this one, it's a weird theme, and I love it. I love it's, it for that. It's
0: a really strange, weird theme, and, I, and it does not get the love it deserves, and weirdly enough, because of, I think, the weird theme and the, the octopi that kind of run around and chase you down as you send robots around, mm-hmm. and it has a really interesting mechanic. So... This is still a buy for me. I own this game. We played this uh, virtually, which was weird because we found out at the end that our boards were different.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, this is the one and only game that we attempted to play asynchronously over Zoom uh, during the pandemic. And it, I mean, it went fine. It went
0: fine, except for the fact we had two different games somehow. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, because mine was the original Kickstarter. I backed this thing, and then you had whatever version fixed all the typos on it. (laughs) There you go. Um... Yeah, I mean it's still a buy for me too. I hold on to it. I'm, and just for like background, I own all of these. Oh, except for Marrakesh.
0: That's Ergo the Tattoo.
1: Yeah, so I've I've at a certain point I'm like I'm collecting Stefan Feld games because you got to have that one you're collecting, right? Yeah. Um, and this was the one because he has a bunch of games and it it kind of, I don't know. I've i reached a point now I'm like I have too many of these. I got to get rid of some.
0: Well, Amerigo... Amerigo's obviously there because it's still there in my collection, and so is Aquasphere. It's still in my collection. still like to get that to the table. Let's do it. It's so buy. it's a buy. Arena Roma 2. This was a game that I didn't know existed because it was an early game. It's a small two-player game. It didn't yeah. really get a lot of attention. But it's a really cool battle line game that, I again, I don't think gets enough attention. So I bought this. I was so happy when they did a little mini reprint, so it's still a buy for me.
1: Yeah, it's a funny thing. Like, I... I thought it was out of print forever. I bought it. On, I saw it on Amazon just pop up one day, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I'll grab this." Um, and yeah, same for me. I, it's one of those weird things. Like,
0: if he reprints it, it's going to be hard. That's the only problem with it. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Some of these games are not actually in print, so I guess we're making recommendations that don't help anybody. <laughs> but um, Bonfire came out. I want to say mid-pandemic, so not great timing. Um,
0: and again, this is another slapped-on, pasted-on theme that. It's a
1: a weird one, though. It's such a weird theme. Um, I don't know. It's fine. I played it a couple times. I had fun with it. But it was one of those games I'm like, I guess I'll get rid of it. And right as I said I'll get rid of it, they announced an expansion. They did. And I was like, I guess i got to hold on to it. Uh, So it's a play for me because I, I have played it a couple times. I will play it again before I get rid of it. But it's, I don't know, unless that expansion blows my mind. I don't know that I'll keep it.
0: Yeah, it's a dodge for me. Um, not, not the big fan of it. I think I was really. Ex- I think because I was so excited about the game, that it was when it got to the table, it was just so lackluster. I think we had a problem. Hmm. Well, now we have a problem here. We don't have a problem. We have a studio audience. <laughs> studio audience. It's when to play
1: Bonfire, but still they like it. Um,
0: <laughs> all right. So, any any hands for Bonfire as a actual play? Oh, sorry, man fire is a dodge. All right. Fine. <laughs> all
1: right. All right. So I'm in the minority. I accept it. I guess I shouldn't be that upset. I didn't love it. It was it's more my acquisition disorder of holding on to the game. and Like, maybe the expansion will fix it. If that ever happens. That actually happens.
0: It's, you know, I, I think there's some attic help that we can get for you. Uh, <laughs> <That's the thing. laughs> yeah. All
1: right. Bora Bora is pretty good,
0: right? I love Bora Bora. Bora Bora is one of my favorite stuff on Fell games and i just got a city version kind of reprint uh have not played that city version yet but i really enjoyed it because you get to collect tiles so you're collecting jewelry you're collecting shells you're building up an island nation and you're also picking what scores at the end of the game which i think is insanely unique
1: yeah, I, never, I didn't really play this much. Okay. I had a friend in Pittsburgh who always wanted to play it. Nobody else did. So it was be the two of us. I'm like, we're not playing this two players. So <laughs> I like it fine, but it just never really clicked for me. Sure. Um, so for me, it's a play.
0: For me, it's a buy.
1: Okay. Problems again.
0: Anybody out there as far
1: as... Oh. See, so yeah, our, our friend in the audience. People, they're all on Chris's side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a good game. It's got... Jewelry purchasing and you know, island crafting. I think it's it's pretty unique as far as that's concerned. Dice manipulation. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh next up, I know this is gonna be a problem. This is all gonna right. be a problem. And this this can't just be like who's right. We're gonna have to like average it out. Cause otherwise I'm gonna lose. So <laughs> Bruges, uh
0: I don't like it all. Is the best game of all time, This is what you said, right? Well, it's not the best game of it's, all time. It's the best game of all time. No, nah, that's not what you think. It's it's in my You're, top ten. Top it, in five? Your top it is oh you should listen to the podcast no this is a bad
1: game <laughs> it's oh. a great game <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: so for me this is an essential game it's multi-use cards and it's bringing in different visitors to the city and once you especially once you get the expansion the 3 and 4 pips on the dice actually do a thing
1: Except they made like a thousand copies of that expansion and nobody could find it. So saying that is just like Ooh. okay. It's still a great game. For like the Twelve people who can use the expansion. It's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> still love the game. Yeah, uh, you can or you can play Hamburg, right? I love
0: multi-use cards and and tableau building. And it does both of those things and some dice rolling manipulation. So for me, it's essential. For you, it's, it's a dodge borderline burn. Ooh, dodge borderline burn. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: we make it throw it in the middle or. How do we want to handle Alright, let's
0: let's do a play. I'll give I'll give you the expansion since that's that's halfway. This is how we make people on YouTube mad. Oh, they, they want it to be essential.
1: Feast for Odin and Agricola, like dead center play. And people are like, what is wrong with you? Like, you gotta listen. We disagreed with each other. Jeez. <laughs> um
0: Stefan, where are you when I need you? Yeah.
1: Come in and defend your game. Uh Carpe Diem. Have you played this?
0: I have. Okay. It's fine. It's great. It's not great. It's great. It's not great. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's why no one remembers <laughs> it. No, nobody
1: remembers it because they did a terrible job producing and promoting it. Well, there you go. That's not the game, though. Bad production,
0: though. But yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> took three editions of this game before it was playable.
0: But Exactly.
1: That's not the game. That is the game. That's no, the production. Not. No, that's not
0: Feld's fault. <laughs> We're talking about Feld here. Ah, uh, but you know, it's still a game. We're talking about the game. So we can't talk about the man, the myth, well, the legend, it, that it, is Stefan Feld.
1: Yeah. He's a legend here, it's a great game. That's
0: true. It's it's burn. A burn? Bet three productions to get the game right?
1: That's not the game.
0: Uh. You're burning a Leia. That's who you're burning here. <laughs> they deserve a little heat for that game, to be fair. Where is it on you? On your... How, how high is it for you? It's a buy. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I can give you a play on that. It's not a dodge.
1: This is the best game he made in the last like five years. That's
0: not saying much.
1: Yeah, but it's still the last five years.
0: Okay. Let's... What's we'll the stick between the play and dodge. Anyone want to play that game? Yeah? Yes, Jen. <laughs> Damn it, Jen. <laughs> All right, so it stays up as a play. All right. Just don't get one of the three versions. That was so bad. That's true. Yeah, don't buy an old copy of this game. Um, we didn't actually
1: mention what the game is either, by the way. We're just that's like arguing that's how bad it is. No, it's okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody. Were, oh, that's right. It's like polyamino ish No wonder you don't like this game. No, thing. no, no. It doesn't
0: seize the day or anything, I'm telling you. It <laughs> seizes the
1: day. The scoring mechanism is very clever. It's not even a point salad. of Anyways, um, Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. The dice game? The dice game. The dice game. You get three Castles of Burgundy It's here.
0: really hard because there's Castles of Burgundy.
1: Yeah, the dice game, like, we'll get to the card game later, but the dice game, it's it's a roll and write, and it's just like everybody saying they need a roll and write. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. It's... It's the lesser. It's the lesser of the others for me.
1: Yeah, I still have it, but it's only because I shoved it in the same box with the card game because they both fit together. Um, I think I played it two or three times on vacation once, and I was like, "Oh, I could leave this." So it's a dodge for me. It's a dodge for me as well. Okay, okay. Well that makes it easy. We don't have to argue. I'm being things kind things. about that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's a money grab for me. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wanted money. Uh, Forum Trigenum. Yes, I think we agree on this, right? It's bad. Yes. Yeah, Super thing. bad. Yeah. This is a tough one though. I felt like I, obligated to go back to it. I was,
0: why? What did what did Phil say to I you? I don't
1: know. It's just we, you know. Sometimes you play a game, and you have a bad experience, and and you you're like, okay, that's a terrible game. I never want to play it again. But then you think to yourself, well, maybe it was the experience.
0: No, no, no. It's a bad game. It's a bad game. It's a bad game. All right. How bad of a game is is in question? How bad do you think this is? And then I'll show you why you're wrong. All right, man. <laughs> Gloves are off today um <laughs> I'm gonna give this at least a dodge I think it's I don't think it's I don't think it's criminal but I think it's a dodge
1: I don't think it's a burn yeah it's it's not that terrible although who are we playing with this with
0: oh uh Carmen Carmen he hated this. he game. hated this game yeah do, do we do it in memory of Carmen yeah let's burn it for Carmen there Car- Carmen we, we're here you we're with you Carmen's a big band game man, he knows his games
1: yes we're gonna find out there's this huge Swell, people <laughs> who love this game, and they're just going to destroy us. It.
0: It's fine. Yeah,
1: uh, in the year of the dragon, I, I think I've made how much my thoughts you hate on this, this game, game over the years. I really dislike this game. Um, similar reasons for like Agricola, or just like it punishes you constantly. It does, which is like I know a lot of people like that; they want to be like held accountable for their actions in a game. I didn't enjoy it very much. What did you
0: think? Yeah, it's it's all about planning for all the multiple bad stuff that happens each year, and it. It kind of somewhat runs on rails, mm-hmm. and you get to build up little pagodas, which is kind of cute.
1: It is, it is good table presence.
0: And again, that was I think that's an Alea version because that was a very early stripped down kind of version and still kind of okay.
1: Yeah, well, they had the ten year anniversary edition, which is better. A few years ago, It had the like mini expansion, which is still
0: it. a reprint. It doesn't. It's not an upgrade. No, no, no not at all. It's it's a play for me. I, I do enjoy playing. I own a copy of this, but I would never recommend necessarily someone buy this because it is. And I know you're not a fan of it. Like, it is really punishing. It's so punishing. Yes. It's a dodge for me.
1: Um, I don't hate it. I did pick up a 10th anniversary copy. But again, <laughs> I have a problem. So it's it's in the box to go out.
0: What do you um, think, Wall? Play or dodge?
1: <laughs> we got nothing.
0: All right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up in the dodge area because uh, it seems like Jen's not going to save this one. It should have known it was going to go to the dodge, and it should have properly prepared for it. If, it, if it's the game right. itself, it should yeah, have known that. Punish the
1: game. Um, all right, so this next one, It Happens. It's, it's, a, it's a nothing of a game, but I did play it with Stefan Feld, so I love it. Oh, no. <laughs> this is like... This was the thing. You had to sign up, you could come, you play they're like, you could play a game with Stefan Feld, but they like they let like twenty people sign up. Yes, so and they, they played
0: the least of his games, kind of. They
1: chose the shortest one, the children's game, effectively. Which
0: is Ant Eaters Trying to Eat Ants in Ant Hills.
1: Yeah. It's
0: fine. If if he came out with that game, I I just I would never know that it was a Stefan Feld game.
1: No, it's an early game too. Yes. It's like early in his game designing career. It does some interesting things, but it's it's, no, it's nothing much. Sure. Right? But I'm going to hold on to it forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Memories. Ergo the tattoo. He
4: touched pieces of it. He did. <laughs>
1: um. So, yeah. it's. I mean, it's a play. I, I, I play it with my kids. They like it.
0: All right. I'm going to leave it for for the kids. The kids need yeah. a film. It would be a dodge otherwise, but yeah, for the would. kids.
1: Right, I'll, I'll be honest here. It would. Um, all right. Jorvik is the Viking re-implementation of the Speakerstadt. Which yes. is our second to last game. I guess we could do these together. Um, because they get different ratings probably.
0: <laughs> so it's really weird that st- so Stefan Feld, Speaker Stock came out, it was a great game. It's it's obviously about the ports and saving them, and there's fires that happen. Kind of like in the year of the dragon, bad stuff happens. The game went out of print, and we're talking like we're talking several years ago went out of print. Right. And the game was going for hundreds of dollars, and the expansion was going for Hundreds of dollars, which made no sense back in the day before games cost all the money is in the world. Right. And then I guess someone thought, "Hey, let's re-implement it or re-theme it, and let's make it Vikings." Yeah. Which again, Vikings were a very big thing then and still now. Yep. And somehow it's a worse game.
1: Yeah, and I can't even remember exactly why. Like it's, it's just like the production's meh. The the way that things are implemented, the layout of the board is kind of meh. Um,
0: it's kind of a meh game.
1: Yeah. It just it doesn't capture what makes that other game tight and interesting. And it's just like the way things are translated with the cards too. Like the speaker start, the theme actually makes a little bit of sense with like you're trying to get sure. the fires that are coming through and you're trying to ship goods. And in Yorvik, it just doesn't quite translate.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna say Speaker Stot, I'm gonna give a buy. I don't think you'll ever find it. You don't pay the money. Uh Yorvik is gonna get a dodge.
1: Hey, we're in the same page. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still own Spiekerstadt. I got rid of Jorvik uh, a while ago. The, the thing about Speakerstat is it really is a much better game with the expansion. It is, Which, again, like Bruges, they made like a thousand copies. Good luck.
0: The expansion, which is just a couple of pieces, is like $150. It's
1: ridiculous. Jorvik has that mechanic already in it. And it's like a $20 game these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. So it's just like... They somehow which... found
0: a way to ruin a failed game.
1: Yeah. Um, Alright, next up we have Cocopelli. This is a like a really brief Kickstarter they threw up, Queen did yes. after their first lineup city games, and it, I backed it because I was at that point being stupid. Um, <laughs> oh no, no self control. But the game is fairly. I don't know. It was. It's hard to remember exactly what I didn't like about it, because I only played it the one time.
0: I did not back it because it did not seem interesting. So it's up to you where you placed that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a dodge, because I, I, like oh. I said, I played it the once, we reviewed it, I think I gave it a dodge on the show. It
0: like, is a dodge, then. With that,
1: with that <laughs> understanding. But it's like the way the card mechanics and the way you're playing out these cards to these different decks, it just doesn't do anything interesting.
0: And it was a Kickstarter, so meant it cost a lot more than it should have.
1: It was expensive. Yes. Yeah, for a normal-sized queen box with just not not normal mechanics. All right. right. La Isla.
0: I played this a long time ago. We have a review of this. We have a review of... Probably every Feld game at some point or the other. Probably, yeah. This is about safari but taking pictures of animals, and it's getting re-implemented, I think, in a city version of, of the Felds. Yeah, I don't remember the one. one. The upcoming one, the new one coming up there. Yeah. It's barely a play. I don't know how you feel about it.
1: I got halfway through one game of it, and somebody had to leave, and I've never bothered to go back. So I guess it's a dodge then. I'll go on a dodge. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I just— Maybe I love it, I don't know. But I haven't actually played it significantly enough to say so.
0: It's forgettable. at Yeah. The least.
1: Uh, what about Luna? Luna's an interesting game.
0: Luna's an interesting game. And again, they, they did a better version of this later, just upgraded the pieces and such. And again, it was about island hopping and this really interesting kind of area control mechanic, which is just odd for the game. Yeah. But it was his first attempt to do something different, I think. It gets a play just because it's a little odd and different, but nothing more than that. Yeah, no, I love the
1: island hopping mechanic. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a play as well. It's it it's one of those games that you're like, I love that mechanic in another form. Because sure. here it doesn't seem like it's used to its fullest. It's just feld doing his Felding. Felding, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his his point salading. Um Macau, this is one that just got reimplemented as well. Um
0: which was out of print for a very long time. And it was honestly the reason why I bought the new city yeah. s- selection because I could not get it. It was again, a crazy price for the game. I love that game. Me too. Um, yeah. This, this is one that I was, I, I went
1: out and found it. Like that's how much I liked it. We, sure. we played this um, at a convention a few years ago and I was like, this is really good. This is really good. We, and yeah. I went and found a copy on board game geek and I bought it. I still have it. Um, And and I also backed that Kickstarter for some silly reason. (laughs) It was this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is a a great game.
0: Yeah, this is essential for me. I never got the actual copy, no matter how much I tried. It's not worth spending crazy money because I now have the city version of it, which may be better or worse. We'll see.
1: Yeah. The the thing about this game that's so good, you know, before we move on from it, though, is just, like, the planning element. Yeah. Like, in any given round, you have to choose where you're going to put those cubes, right, based on the dice. The further out you put them, the more of them you get. But then you're not gonna you don't get to use them for a while. So if you need something for the next round, you have to take a very inefficient action. And I just I love that idea of like oh you didn't plan well. Well now you have to take kind of a ding to your efficiency engine. Um, so it really rewards people for planning well. So I'm excited to play the new version. Essential. Um, but yeah, it's a great one. Marrakesh, we just reviewed this today. I gave it a play. You gave it a light buy. Give it a light
0: buy. Let's put it in the play section because I think we've talked about it. It's good. It's fine. The tower kind of I can't I can't recommend it as a buy just because of the tower. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, if you're actually physically purchasing this thing and the thing doesn't work. Yeah. Um Merlin's an interesting one, because this was Kickstarter only. I think it still is. Did they yeah, ever
0: change that? I don't think so. It's it's fine. It's a basic it's a really super basic. It's a almost a roll and move game.
1: Unless you get the expansions.
0: Which seems unfair.
1: Which yeah, well, <laughs> bruce yeah um
0: <laughs> nah, bruce is good on inside
1: no 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 it's not yes it's <laughs> no multiple things that you can't do anything with <laughs> anyways merlin yeah it is basically the base game is roll and move with a few mini games tacked sure. onto it it was a play for me then and then they released the expansions which we have merlin and arthur and it's the third one morgana yes right and they add additional layers to it where you can move in different directions you have different pieces on the tracks which I think becomes essential because then it's not just a roll-and-move game. Sure. You have options. You roll the die, you have to move something. But if you have three different pieces to move, you have a lot of different ways in which to do it. Um, that's a tough sell to tell somebody, like, oh, Merlin's great if you go buy the big box.
0: Which is, again, you're talking about Kickstarters.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. You can't just go buy this in the store that I'm aware of. you got to get it at a convention or you got to wait for them to run it again. Um so for me, it's a buy. For me, it's a dodge. For you, it's a dodge. All right. So like we, we what's lay the difference? Out play? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Because again, like if you just played it by itself, I think most people would be like,
0: oh, that was that was fine. Um, what about Notre Dame? It's rats in Notre Dame, and you're trying to get rid of them while doing other things. It's fine. It's one of his interesting kind of run around Notre Dame and try to save things while you constantly get beaten over the head by rats
1: yeah <laughs> the rats man um,
0: yeah, if you don't like rats, don't play this game.' <laughs> it's no so many rats uh, it's a punishing it's probably his most punishing game, and a lot of his games have punishment. This one's the most punishing no, it's not the most punishing, but you're the dragon? oh, you're the dragon, yeah, yeah, because uh. I actually
1: liked this one,
0: okay, I mean, this is a play for me,
1: I think it's also a play for me, right. yeah, that play section is getting big, but we're well, building our bell curve <laughs> <laughs> um this the next one is a tough one because. I like it a lot, except it is a little broken. Uh, Oracle it's a, of Delphi.
0: It's a lot broken. I, I like the game a lot. I own a copy But if you of it. don't
1: know how it's broken and you haven't played it a bunch, it's a great experience.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Just saying, this is unique to us. Yes, yes, this yes. This yes. brokenness. It's a beautiful game. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of different things. It's a lot of gods helping you move around and do a lot of cool stuff like slay monsters and build temples and stuff like this. And it's a race game, which... yeah.
1: It's not pointality at all. You're just trying to reach a certain objective. Which is objective. different for Feld, yeah, yeah. and that's
0: why it's there's a little brokenness in that kind of race. Yeah. But it's still worth the play for me.
1: Yeah, it's a buy for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I okay. really like this one a lot. I, I know it's busted. I just I don't know how it's busted. <laughs> I don't look <laughs> it up. I don't want to cheat. You know I
0: found it on my own, if that yeah. makes you feel even. <laughs> I'm sure I would if I played it more. But yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. Same. All right. Well, I got you got buy, I got play. Anyone care? Anyone? Oh, oh people like Oracle <laughs> Delphi, yes. There you go. Thank you.
1: <laughs> um Pillars of the Earth Builders Duel. This is an interesting, we had a couple like little two-player dueling games, and we talked about Arena earlier, which sure. is great. Yeah. Like was his first one. Um, this one came out not too long after Arena, and it does some interesting things. It's trying to take the mechanics of Pillars of the Earth. Yes. Which came out.
0: Love in, those games. Yeah. A lot yeah.
1: Cool. It was very solid. Um, and turn it into a two-player game, which a lot of ge- designers do and have done a lot more recently. Um, I don't think it works super well, but it's fun enough. I've not played it. No. Okay. No. Yeah, I'd say it's it's worth a play as a, as a two-player game to see what he's doing okay. early on, but he's done better.
0: Okay. At the bottom of the play, yeah.
1: Yeah, bottom of the play. Like, um, on the other side of that, Revolution of 1828, it's not very good. Have not played. Have not played. Yeah. No, this one I picked up because I was excited. I'm like, ooh, a new player, a new two player Stefan Feld game. Um and it's kind of like a push pull mechanic, and it just it's not very pretty to look at and mechanically it doesn't really do anything interesting or different beyond what he has in like Arena okay. uh, or even Pillars of the Earth. Um and occasionally one of his designs just feels a little underbaked. This one felt underbaked.
0: I'm happy with a dodge there.
1: Yep. Yeah. What about Rialto. This is a game that I really haven't spent much time with. What do you think?
0: I played this a bunch. This was my least favorite Feld game that I had ever played, surprisingly, before the the more recent Broken Ones. This got re-implemented into New York as part of the city collection. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping hoping that that game plays better. Uh, There's a little brokenness to it, so it would be a dodge for me.
1: Okay. I'll go with that because I've played it once and it was fine, but not mind-blowing. Strasbourg.
0: I have not played Strasbourg.
1: Strasbourg is interesting. Yeah, no, it's, I haven't spent enough time with it. It's one of those ones, like, it's out of print. I went to Hunt It Down yes. like, when I was in my, the throes of my must-own-everything fell. I'm like, well, I got Macau. I might as well go all in now. <laughs> so I, I picked up Strasbourg and kind of ran through it uh, on my own. But there's a lot of interesting things mechanically that I would love to see them bring back in one of the city Line. Sure. Um There's so many of these games that need to be remade, though, so I don't, I don't know which ones they're actually going to focus on out of the eight. Um it's tough. Nobody can find it. It's out of print. I haven't spent as much time with it as I would like. I'm gonna throw it in the play category for safety's sake. Sure. But I think if they did redo this, I would probably buy it. Sounds good. Uh Castles in Burgundy, shiny little icon. Let's say that's the card games. All
0: right. <laughs> like, I love the card game. I was again a lot of those games, the the, the dice games, the card games are usually cash grab games and usually bad. Yeah. The card game, I love the card game. It's 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 one of my favorite Feld games, surprisingly enough.
1: Yeah, same. It was weird. I, I didn't think it would work.
0: And it's super cheap, and no one knows how great it is. I know.
1: The only... The- Problem with this game is it takes up just as much space on the table as the regular game.
0: Which is still fine. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's, it's a felt.
4: It's a card game. But you, it's, need, it's, you need a 6x4 table to play It's like
0: it. 15 20 bucks and it's yeah. just as good in my head as as far as Castles of Burgundy is.
1: I think if you're talking about like base game, Castles of Burgundy, then yeah, I would agree. Sure. Oh, um, yeah, we're not getting it. Yeah. If you elevate Castles of Burgundy with all the extra stuff. Okay. In, so in my head, I'm thinking... Board game essential, card game buy. What do you think?
0: I'm thinking card game is essential, and so is the board game.
1: Oh, okay. All right,
0: well, let's put the board game in essential because I think we agree on that. Yes.
1: Um, We'll talk about it for a couple minutes in a second. I don't know, man. I guess for the cost. The cost? Yeah, you might as well. (laughs) I mean. The thing is, I used to always recommend Castles of Burgundy to people because you could get it for 20 bucks. I'll say you this I't anymore, but you could
0: I'll say this, and no one's gonna it's it's hot take I guess I like the card game better than the board game ooh I do
1: okay <laughs> disagree, but okay yeah yeah <laughs> um maybe that's just my the three hundred dollars that is spent yes. on the master edition of it speaking but um 15-20 mm, bucks
0: 15, 20 bucks there
1: you go 15 twenty bucks go Essential it is. <laughs> Inexpensive
0: wins. and In the era of Feld's $150 board games, yeah. there is one that's like 15 bucks and is essential to your collection. Yep,
1: yep. All right. Uh, the, the fourth, I guess, in this Castles. Because he likes tetralogy. Castles. He's a Castle yeah. guy. Yeah, he loves his Castles. Um, was, they announced this, and I was so excited. I was like, a sequel to Castles of Burgundy? Oh, my gosh. Castles of Tuscany.
0: Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> It was fine.
1: I think if it wasn't his game and I knew that it wasn't related, like it was, it's that thing where you're like, you're bringing in the brand and so you get your expectations up. Yes. And then the game that comes out of it. It's a Founders of Gloomhaven situation. Yes. You're like, oh, it's not the same kind of game really. And it's kind of lighter and it's a little more abstract. And I don't know if I like it as much. It's true. I think it's fine. It's not a great game at all. It's not, it's not essential. I don't. It's definitely not a buy. But I don't think it's, Terrible. I think it was just deeply
0: disappointing. I mean, it's a dodge for me. I It was deeply disappointing for me. It wasn't a burn, but it, it did not live up to, like you said, the new generation of Felt. That weird period where those new games came out, mm. like Tuscany and Form Church Agent and, and Bonfire, they all came at the same time. More or less, like that That period. There was like
1: a two, three year period, yeah, where we got Carpe Diem and Forum Trajanum. Bonfire came out a couple of years later. Castle of Tuscany was in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, Revolution came out that time. Yeah, Bonfire, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were not. And I, I think a lot of it does, like, these aren't necessarily bad. Some of the barrier are bad, but they're not so bad designs. It's just, like, disappointing compared sure. to, like, the highs that we have. Um, it's a dodge for me. I, I'm okay with the dodge. It's I don't remember how I reviewed it. It was either a light play or a high dodge, but... No one came back to it. I still own it, and it's been one of those things I keep holding on to. I'm like,
4: again, I don't know what to do with this game. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like I should like it. It's doing some interesting things, but it's just... Meh.
0: And ironically, the most controversial game on his list, Trajan. I love Trajan. I think it's good. You think it's good? And I'm surprised, because again, people either love it or hate it. Yeah. no. There's I- no in-between... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Because it's it's very much Mario Party if it was a Stefan Feld game. Because it's it, great. It's a lot of little areas, but there's there's no cart part, so that's kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. you have got points out. Might as well have mini games to go with it.
0: Mini games are cool. Yeah. And it's got the Moncala. Yeah. So, Mancala, yep. So that's also great. So. Yeah. All right.
1: This is a, this is definitely a buy for me. Borderline essential. Ooh, so Ooh. No. Trajan.
0: Yeah. Let's do a buy. Okay. All Ta-da.
1: right, we did a thing. <laughs> well, well, all right, so we have only have three essential games, and two of them are versions of each other. I gotcha. I guess we did it right. We did a good thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, everyone. Well, thank you so much for participating in our Stefan Feld ranking contest. These uh, decisions are final. Uh, our love and thanks to Stefan Feld and all the great production companies that put that out. Again, thanks to everyone at Long Island Tabletop Gaming Expo 2023. Thanks to everybody again, all the people who participated and was part of this great opportunity and time. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the Long Island Tabletop Gaming Expo 2024. Take care, everyone.
1: Bye.